hello everybody. This is Ian Shuttleworth at Williams Investment Management and we're making this recording on the 4th of March. I'm telling you this because it's relevant in connection with what we're about to discuss, which not surprisingly is the situation in the Ukraine. And with me today we have John Newsom and Duncan Williams. As an investment management business, clearly an international situation like this has ramifications for investments generally. And I'd be interested to hear what you think about the situation, specifically with regard to your clients. It's a total tragedy which which is happening just at this moment in time. Um, and your thoughts have to be with the uh, Ukrainian people. Yes, world markets have fallen. Uh, yes, commodity prices have gone up. Our simple philosophy is and always has been to buy quality investments and hopefully they will shine through. We have no exposure to Russia. We do have exposure to oil companies and some commodities, but in general, they have done okay. So yes, it's a very difficult, very fluid situation at the moment. Duncan, what is the relevance of the oil companies with regard to Russian involvement? Well, obviously, Russia is one of the biggest exporters of oil in the world. And unfortunately, the the rest of the world, mainly Europe, has become more and more reliant upon its natural resources, especially Germany, with regard to its gas. And it's interesting to see that the Nord Nordstrom 2 uh, pipeline has now been axed. And I think that there is a move to try and source energy from, from elsewhere. But I'm afraid to say a lack of investment by the oil companies and a move towards renewable energy has resulted in us being more reliant upon the Russians over the last 20 years for our energy. And hence the reason why you're seeing energy prices going skyrocketing. I also really don't see how oil prices or gas prices are going to fall significantly from here. We're in a new world now. And the oil companies uh, quoted on our stock market have substantial investment in Russia, don't they? Uh, yes, you are correct, Ian. Shell have uh, various investments. And of course, BP has just under a 20% stake in Rosneft, which it is saying that it is going to sell. And that has been taken into account by, by the stock market. Thank you. John, were you going to say something about that? Uh, yeah, I was going to say that um, Shell have they have a stake in in the Sakhalin gas project, which is out in the Russian Far East. They've said that they will be exiting that. As Duncan said, BP had uh, nineteen and three quarter percent, or has of of Rasmeft, um, which they have now put up for sale. They also have one or two other joint ventures. But whether anything of these investments is actually achievable with regard to getting any price for them who knows the reputational damage is is really what's behind why they're pulling out but certainly europe is now seeing the strategic i would say stupidity of being so reliant upon russian energy uh, of all the countries to be reliant upon i would argue that isn't the one uh, putin has never been interested in really modernising the Russian economy with regard to an economy that adds value. He wants it to remain one of generally the production of, of, of primary products. So now with sanctions, it's going to be difficult for the Russian economy from here on. 
but as Duncan said, I, I agree that we're now in, a, in an energy bind and the energy that we will not end up now getting from, from Russia must come from somewhere else. Oil companies have been discouraged from finding new supplies because with the transition to um, so-called cleaner energy, they, I mean, they've become public enemy number one almost. They're, they're almost like the new tobacco. So there, there isn't much new supply, which is, is very bad news if you're going to turn the tap off on Russian supplies. So what we actually should be doing, in my view, is encouraging oil companies to, uh, to make new discoveries and to invest because we're going to need it. Because whatever the transition to a cleaner economy, uh, whatever that entails, I don't believe it's possible to do it in the timescales that have been allocated anyway. And now we are going to be taking far less from Russia. World economic growth is still there, certainly in Asia. So demand for energy is rising against the background of falling supply. So it's quite obvious where prices are going and it, it, it's going to hurt and it must, it must impact economic growth uh, everywhere probably more so eventually with with the russians but um in the west we need more oil supplies and i think the sooner governments arrive at that conclusion and tell their electorates or make it clear that the lifestyle we we have in the west is really dependent upon fossil fuels i don't think that that debate has really happened uh, it needs to happen now it's quite interesting that probably our emissions are going to go down my gas and electricity bill have uh, come through recently and this is pre-putin they're going up 75 percent i mean what's going to happen going forward i'm feeling that uh, i'm turning into my dad in the 70s going around turning off lights and telling people to turn the heating down it's an unbelievable situation but i think people are going to have to adjust their lifestyles accordingly i think the other thing which will happen as well is that it will force people to make their properties more efficient so i think people will be looking for loft insulation wall insulation more efficient products within their house in order to keep their their bills down what it does for international travel and even people traveling around in this country is going to be very interesting to see well this is a fascinating scenario because you're talking to us like greater thunberg in a way and john's saying we need more fossil fuels and it's interesting that the answer really is you're both correct, aren't you? There's going to be a different levelling up. Yep, I think you're right. What do you think, John, will be the effect of these sanctions and do they have any teeth? Uh, no, I think they do have teeth. As you allude to, I am a sort of amateur Russian historian. I've travelled widely in the former Soviet Union. What we're seeing now, I'm not that surprised about. Russia is a very poor country, really. If you take the oligarchs out of it, um, the standard of living is not great. And Russians are very used throughout their history to putting up with, with dreadful circumstances. So I think Putin knows that. I think he knows how to play them. And um, there will be plenty of people in Russia who will who will listen to what he's saying and, and actually believe it all. Putin has nowhere else to go now. I've actually been to Chechnya. I've walked the streets of Grozny and 
in the war of 2000, when that war had finished, 1999-2000, just when Putin got into power, it was more destroyed in percentage terms than Dresden was at the end of the Second World War. So I can make a guess as to what's going to happen in Ukraine. They're going to level it. And um, once the sanctions then really start to bite, I think the Russian economy is going to be in an appalling state. They've already got interest rates at 20%. They don't have access to half their foreign currency reserves. And their export, their cheap exports, obviously oil and, and, and gas, are going to be heavily restricted. No doubt they'll still be dealing with the Chinese and various other places such as Iran and and all the rest of it. But a large proportion of their markets are going to be taking far less from them. So I think the sanctions are huge and their economy is, is going to take a massive hit. And do you think from an investment point of view, this is a good time to be picking up blue chip companies following the recent drop in the stock market? Or would you sit on your hands for a little while? It's always nice to have some spare ammunition, if you pardon the pun. Uh, what I mean is, 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 is cash that enables you. You've always got that cash available for opportunities that, that may present themselves. There are numerous stocks that have fallen meaningfully that we buy and are interested in, and we have been nibbling uh, using some of the cash that we've had. Russia's contribution to the world economy is relatively modest. I mean, we're seeing companies pulling out left, right and centre. I saw yesterday IKEA was pulling out. We don't own any stock in, in, in IKEA, but it's an example of what is happening. You know, if, if Russians think that they can have a a Gucci and Spotify economy or have all those services and yet live within a, a regime like Putin's, they're going to find out now that they can't. So, yeah, we have been buying uh, certain things. I think one thing that is going to come from all this is that any normalisation of interest rates in the West, which I was always very, very suspicious of, i.e. they were just going to let inflation rip. There won't be any real. Had this not happened, I was not expecting any real attempt to jack interest rates higher in order to get on top of inflation. But I think what this will lead to now is that any pushback on inflation with rising interest rates in the West will uh, will be diluted. So not only do I foresee that energy prices are going to stay high, I think inflation is not going to be controlled. And they'll use this as an excuse to not normalise interest rates. So I think inflation is back and is staying. Sometimes isn't always a bad thing, is it? It's when expectations, I think, break out of the box. That, that, that's where the problems are. And all central banks have been running on kind of 2% inflation targets. And, and in some cases, certainly in Europe, they found it difficult to hit those targets. But in, in some ways, the, the world economy is, is it or has been in a relatively sort of disinflationary uh, spending or printing money and, and, and deficit spending. The whole thing was like a, a pile of soggy leaves and they've been very, very careless by dousing it in petrol for all these years because economic conditions were never normalised after the, after the crisis of 2008. And they've been throwing matches at this, this soggy pile of leaves, which they've increasingly poured petrol on. And eventually it's now caught fire and it's caught fire just at the worst possible time now when you've got a shortage of energy. You've got growing energy demand, and now you've got the problems with Ukraine. So it, it pretty much couldn't have come at uh, at a worse time. So 
if you can keep inflation within certain bounds, it kind of oils the wheels of, of economies. But once it gets out of control, then who knows where we're going to? I'm not suggesting that we're going to become Argentina or the Western world is, is following that model. But once inflationary expectations start touching double digits, and that's where we are at the moment, things start to change, especially if you're not going to have interest rates that will take that inflationary sting out. I mean, if you looked at what Volcker did in the US 40 odd years ago when he decided to crush inflation, he had interest rates, I think, were at something like five points of real interest rate, i.e. that was beyond what inflation was. Well, look at where we are now. Inflation of 7 8%, and that's on CPI, not RPI. And we've got base rates not even 1%. It's bizarre we've got such negative interest rates. But I don't think they're going to be normalised. The fear is, and we're there already, they've lost control of inflation. So I think, yes, within certain bounds, a level of inflation, it oils the wheels, if I could term it that way. But once it goes too far, it starts to become a problem. And we're already there, and I think it's going to get worse. Well, gentlemen, thank you very much. That's been a very interesting discussion. And in our next podcast, we'll no doubt be discussing how matters have developed since the 4th of March. Thank you. This material shouldn't be considered as advice or an investment recommendation. You should consult an advisor regulated by the Financial Conduct Authority prior to making investment decisions. All investments carry a degree of risk. The value of any investment or income received from it can go up as well as down and you may not get back the amount invested. Information recorded within this podcast was accurate at the time of recording.